I'm very lucky that I'm 23 and not fully able to process risk or danger at this point. <laughs> I bet your mother's thrilled. Welcome to the Christ United Methodist Church Arise podcast. My name is Oliver Books. I'm the director of communications here. Who y'all? I am Elizabeth McCauley, lead pastor at Christ United Methodist Church here in downtown Rochester. And I'm Grace Glover. I've recently started as the Connections Coordinator at Christ United Methodist Church. I, surprisingly, I know this is surprising, have a poem I would love to share this morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you're listening. Um, I'm so used to saying good morning because usually I say good morning to people <laughs> on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Thus, everything I do at church happens in the morning. So, there it is. Anyway, this is a poem I love, and it speaks to me a lot of what we'll be talking about with you, Grace, around being a connections coordinator, and uh, perhaps it'll make sense to you. I will read it. It's by William Stafford, and it's called A Ritual to Read to Each Other. If you don't know the kind of person I am, and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others made may prevail in the world, and following the wrong God home, we may miss our star. For there is many a small betrayal in the mind, a shrug that lets the fragile sequence break, sending with shouts the horrible errors of childhood, storming out to play through the broken dike. And as elephants parade holding each other's tail, but if one wanders, the circus won't find the park. I call it cruel, and maybe the root of all cruelty, to know what occurs, but not recognize the fact. And so I appeal to a voice, to something shadowy, a remote, important region in all who talk. Though we could fool each other, we should consider, lest the parade of our mutual life get lost in the dark. For it is important that awake people be awake. Or a breaking line may discourage them back to sleep. The signals we give, yes or no or maybe, should be clear. The darkness around us is deep. So it seems a little odd to have such a somber poem, but what I love is that we could follow the wrong star and try to be what we're not. And uh, part of what I love about being community here at Christ Church, there I said it again, uh, in downtown Rochester, <laughs> is um, that we try to be awake together uh, in order that we find our most full self and that self we call gift from God. And so you joined the staff as a connections coordinator here recently. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're coming to understand that means? Yes. So churches, I think, are very much communities inside of communities with smaller communities inside of them. And my job is to make sure that the right people find each other. Mm. And they might be people inside of the church already, and they might be new to the church, and they might have never heard of us. But it's about finding the right connections and building bridges between people. 
And that's a very squishy, squishy definition that really appeals to my liberal arts sensibilities. I like it. Why does it matter that people find each other? I think that the root of all humanity is our connection to each other. Hmm. And I think we are defined by our communities. We're lifted up by our communities. So I think having that really defines our experience on this planet. And it's much better when you have people with you to experience it. That's beautiful. So here at the church, uh, what we're seeking to do is build a sense of connection, I heard you say, and bridging uh, between generations we've talked about and also within generations. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. People who know what struggles you're in now to share that with and people who know the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Those are both valuable things. And to beyond that, build a sense of belonging and, and affirming who you are right now in this moment. I think uh, Pastor Nancy in her uh, recent sermon said something about, like, this is in inaccurate. Maybe you rem listened better than I did. <laughs> uh, but about how loneliness is actually the, the, the core root of a lot of illness in our culture that along with other physical manifestations of distress, um, kind of at the root of a lot of things is people's increasing sense of loneliness, even in the age of Facebook. And so how does the church serve uh, to be an antidote to that? What do you, what do you both think about that? Because Oliver's our communications coordinator, and if that's not about connecting across loneliness. <laughs> I say um, not only are we as a society more lonely in spite of Facebook, but it might even be because of things like social media. I, not to give it a hard time, I think it's a great way to stay connected, but I mean, most of my job involves connecting with people over a series of tubes and wires. Yeah. Um, so it's not even, it's not even that I'm, I'm not even like picking up a telephone and physically, physically talking to people all that much. Uh, so I think, I think loneliness is defined in, in, in many ways for us. I think that, um, like personally speaking, I know I feel most connected with people when I'm with people, mm -hmm. surprisingly enough. But another way I feel connected to people is through things like what we're doing right now. Like I listen to some of my favorite internet personalities on podcasts, and I think that's a great way to at least know that like, hey, maybe I'm not alone in the way I think because these people agree with me in some sense and I disagree with them in others, but, but that's a connection uh, as well. Um, but I think the strong point in the church is that we have a space for people to be face-to-face -face with each other. Mm -hmm. Come it's, on down. It's been fun um, uh, observing grace in action mm. uh, on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings are this wonderful melting pot. And um, I may have mentioned we're in downtown Rochester, uh, across the street from Mayo. And this is the time of year when a lot of new residents, uh, medical residents, move into town. And, and uh, people also new to the community come through the doors. And uh, what are you finding as far as uh, you've been wonderfully adept at approaching people without scaring them, uh, is what I've observed. And how have you been met when you reach out to people who appear to be new to the community? Well, everyone who comes here is already a little curious. Mm -hmm. They've already made the decision to come mm -hmm. to our church. and. Um, 
so they're open-minded and they're coming to meet people and build community. I know far more people who are attending churches to try and build a sense of belonging rather than a connection to Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that we are so desperately in need of belonging. Um, and these people have come through Mayo and IBM. Maybe they've come to work and maybe they've come out of some sort of illness, but they still need belonging that's bigger than bigger than their job and bigger than their circumstances. And hopefully we can offer that. And if not, we'd love to hang out with them for an hour anyway. Yeah, <laughs> with musical flourishes. Yeah, there was a, a workshop that we went to, um, and I'm, re- I'm blanking on the person who... Uh, Brian McLaren. Brian McLaren, who said that it used to be that people would join churches. It was believing in order to belong. So you had to believe the right things in order to belong to the community. But now um, it's flipped upside down. And so he says... Belonging, and then that leads to a sense of believing. And I think that's definitely true of my own experience here. I did not come here because I, one, knew what it meant to be a United Methodist and then really wanted that. I came because I felt a great sense of the people here and what was being done here, and I knew that I wanted to surround myself with that community. And then I just apparently could not get enough. I became a member, and now I work here. (laughs) Who knows what's next? Ministry. Yeah, which you're doing anyway. Tell me about what prompted you to come through the door the first time, because I think um, we, we sometimes assume that people are like fully formed. Yeah, here I am, a church person. What, what, what? What was that like for you? I first came because my grandma's a longtime member and had been telling me that I had to go on the mission trip to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And I got some human rights funding from my undergraduate scholarship, and I thought that would be the perfect time. So I studied international relations and health and society, which is another ooey-gooey liberal arts picture of health. (laughs) And I thought that that would be the perfect opportunity to, to... apply my understanding of my studies and along with that we had to attend a few church services and I loved it. Mm. I had so much fun. I met amazing people and I enjoyed the chance to stop and just be present at that church service so I kept coming back and it really is for me a chance to be truly present for one hour of my week to put down my phone, to put down my anxious thoughts, and to just be in a room with other people. Hmm. That's what I value. That's lovely. And mostly you come to the 11 o'clock service, the that Arise service? Yes. And Oliver's the bass player for that service. Trying to stay humble. I'm trying to stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> don't. It's, yeah, rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's, it's, a, it's a glorious kind of yeah. amalgam of music and people and mm-hmm. quiet and the spirit and good candles and good bread for communion, which I think, oh, well, thank good you. Good stories. It's storytelling yeah. is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I love that about mm-hmm. the 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're all brought into it, because otherwise, why? Why would, you know, I mean, if we can't experience the story of Jesus as uh, something that's uh, real in our own lives, and so what does that mean? Uh, How do we unpack that? How do we live uh, the teachings? 
I, I, I don't know why I do church. I, the, right. the party is good. The bread is good. The, you know, everything else is good. But um, I know for me it's so important to feel like I have a way to um, impact the world for good. Um, and I feel a lot more powerful when I'm in a community of people who are also seeking to do the same. Well, if you don't want to, if, if you don't want to do that, then join a, a, or a softball team or right. a club. I think there's something really special in this story and the stories that we uh, create together based mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. So, um, connections. Uh, what are some of the projects you're working on? Some what are you thinking? One of my goals, and this is a lofty one, is to have every member of our church, young and old, feel like they have something outside of a Sunday service that brings them in, if it's a group or a volunteer position, but to feel like they have a fit somewhere in the church. They have purpose here. That's one of my big goals. Um, some of my smaller goals are to further integrate us into the downtown community and to mm. the Rochester community because we have such a special opportunity with our location, our building, our members and staff. I think to really become integrated in that community could be a valuable experience. Um, I'm hoping to have naloxone training at our church soon. Um, I'm hoping to get the youth more involved and to get young people really alive in the church. Beautiful, and why the, the naloxone training? Well. The opioid epidemic mm -hmm. is an absolute public health crisis that we're facing as a country. Um, and it's very alive in a medical community like this, especially one where we have a lot of education and affluence on the surface and a lot of people suffering that aren't as visible. And addiction is an invisible struggle. Mm -hmm. We don't see it happening, but we know that it's happening all the time. And we have people coming through our doors who come through not looking for Jesus, but looking for some kind of safety, mm -hmm. I think that maybe naloxone can be part of the safety we offer them. Hmm. I think it needs to be, given the numbers that we're seeing around this right now. That's powerful. So an awareness of what's real around us and called to be a healing community mm -hmm. uh, and a place that's an antidote to, I don't know, the despair and the sense of, yeah, that's... That's powerful. So the staff is going to learn, uh, is going to experience that training, and uh, others that you invite, and that's important work, really important work. You're also going to be out at a thing called Foster Fest. Do you want to talk Ooh, about? You want to talk about that a little bit? I thought that might be interesting to you. Well, Foster Fest is coming up on August seventeenth um, this year, and it is a big old music festival where we raise a bunch of money and give it to the people that need it. Um, it's it's the third year we've been doing this. The first two years we uh, uh, donated to Mission 21 and um, now we're just we're looking at how we can expand our vision and mission and, and really dig into the community with how we can best help the people around us and we are very lucky to say that uh, Christ Church is a sponsor and has a booth and has tons of cool stuff going on. It's from the sounds of it um, at the festival, which is just, it's going to be a big carnival. Um, so, Grace, what do you have planned for 
the Christ Church business at the carnival? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love to answer it a month from now. We'll make it up as we go. Yeah, we're working on good giveaways and having a really clear idea of what we can offer people as members of the Rochester community and what kinds of groups we have, classes, things like that at our church. We'd love to get them to come through our doors. That would be a great Invite thing. Invite them in. The fun thing about um, Foster Fest is that uh, it was the kind of heart work of three out of four of our band guys. Is that, is yeah. that accurate? Yeah, that yeah accurate. that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, just, it's, it's a fun music day. Yeah. Music, music and fun. Mm-hmm. And it's grown considerably. Oh, my, yes. Yeah, last year we raised, um, how much did we raise last year? I think $11,000. Fabulous. Yeah. So it's just a little side gig. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. And also, Grace, I think you're going to do some tabling at Pride Fest here in Rochester? Yes, we will also be at Pride Fest. The United Methodist Church is having a lot of conversations around where LGBTQIA members fit in our community, and this church says that they fit where they want to be. Absolutely. We want them here, and and even if they don't want to be here, we want to let them know that we affirm them in their identity and, mm. and their struggle, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So that will be exciting to see. There'll be swag at that table, too, yes? Yeah, yeah. Rainbow-colored, I suspect. We'll have colors, we'll have joy, we'll have pride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'd never miss a party. No. <laughs> but the best part is is that um, I've been at Pride Fest on, in Minneapolis and also here in uh, in Rochester, and it's a wonderful chance to be in community. So one of the one of the... I don't know, dangers of my work is that I can get hemmed in by the walls of this place. I love this church and my desk like has a magnet um, and, you know, email, et cetera, et cetera. So what I love about these community events that uh, we help sponsor is they get us out of the building and people can see that there are, there are real people um, who seek to build connection uh, with uh, with other folks in the community, because as United Methodists too, uh, we believe that we are here in the city to serve the city, um, and not in a kind of a paternalistic or maternalistic way, like we know what's best for you, but in a what can we do together sort of way. We have uh, we have a lot of things we want to be doing to make this place a more just community. Yeah, we have a lot to offer, and we're eager to be offering it. Mm -hmm. Thus, a communications person, and thus, a connections coordinator. <laughs> so it's it's wonderful. We're very, very fortunate in that regard. So did you ever see yourself working for a church, Grace? Nope. Did you, Oliver? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I didn't either. <laughs> Surprises happen. Mm. Yeah. So it's, and what's the most, have you found any surprises in your work, Grace, in your whole, what, two weeks? Oh, I think this is my third oh, week Oh, all now. right then. You're a seasoned yeah. veteran. Um, I don't know if I could say anything is surprising yet because this job didn't exist before I occupied it. So my expectations for it were very nebulous. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's been really good. I've been incredibly welcomed by the congregation. I think that's the, the best part so far. Not surprising, but the best part. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing to hear. So you think people are hungry for belonging. And I also think that, that uh, certainly I am, maybe I'm just projecting all over the place. I just want to have more fun. Mm -hmm. I think 
I think life doesn't have to be so. And perhaps it's because there's so much pain around us. Um, there, uh, uh, who is it? See, I'm blanking on all kinds of things. One of the signs of a really healthy community is that we can laugh together. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I think that's Friedman who says that if you're in a place where there's laughter, where people can, can share humor together and joy, um, you know you're in a place that's, uh, that's relatively healthy. And it feels like with um, everything going on in, in our nation around us, I think we've lost our ability to laugh. I think that's entirely possible, but that hasn't died in this congregation. Mm -mm. And I think some of the the reason that we laugh together is because we also talk about really hard things together. This is not a, a congregation that works around the issue and uses nonspecific terms to address things. They dive right in. They want to talk about the really hard things. They love to do something about the really hard things. And if you're doing that really hard work, you need a way to relieve yourself and your soul at the end of the day. It's you true. need to laugh. Mm -hmm. And have good music. Absolutely. And good liturgy. Yeah. And good people to share the journey with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. So uh, the rest of the summer is sort of feeling our way through and into. Um, we have a big camping thing coming up, which is part of a grant that I got. Anyway, we're all going to go out in the woods and um, eat hot dogs. There you have it, for free, free hot dogs. How could you ask for more than that? What a compelling vision. <laughs> How would you like to spend a weekend in the summer? Oh, I don't know. I'd like to get eaten by mosquitoes and eat free hot dogs. Well, the mosquito bites are free, too. They are. This is all true. This is all true. Anything else that you think a person interested in connecting uh, should know about this nebulous thing you're doing. One of the things that I love about Rochester and I love about Christ Church and I love about my job is that we're all in transition and building ourselves. Maybe not all of us for the first time, but it's all, it's all possible right now. So whatever you're really hungry for, whatever you wanna see built, you are welcome to come build here. There's energy for it, there's support for it. Anything is possible at this point. Hmm. And I think that's really exciting. It's intimidating. I won't lie, but it's exciting. My husband, uh, Cooper, is a United Methodist pastor, and one of the phrases uh, that he used, he just tossed it off, was, um, oh, sure, now I'm forgetting this, too, um, <laughs> the terror of abundance. I like that. Isn't that powerful? So sometimes, because there is so much possible... Uh, the the um, immensity of what we're called to can sometimes feel like, ah, you know, we have such a big piece of work ahead of us. Um, and it can be immobilizing sometimes. Um, but what I hear you saying is not that. It is take the pieces, take the parts, take who you are, uh, join in with others, and uh, let's see what kind of healing we can offer through this place. Yeah. I'm very lucky that I'm 23 and not fully able to process risk or danger at this point. <laughs> I bet your mother's thrilled. <laughs> so I have a lot of hope for this and a lot of excitement where maybe not everyone knows to have hope. I think that's a wonderful gift. <laughs> wow. 
I didn't even think of it that like way. Squishy that's young perfect. brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's like a that's like a quote worth hanging on to. <laughs> that's so much healthier than what I did when I was your age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very nebulous time. I've been living mm. out of a suitcase a lot lately. Mm. And so uh, I'm excited to feel settled too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Plant some roots and see what happens and what can grow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, and hope is delicious. And Isn't it? really building it again back back to the connection and community, priceless and rare, I'm afraid. So But it doesn't have to be. Right. Absolutely. I think it's a habit. Mm. Having community building those relationships is a habit. Mm-hmm. And we can build a habit. Mm-hmm. We can build a culture. That's harder than a habit, but we can build it. I believe her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm for it. I am too. <laughs> That's gorgeous. Well, we are so blessed to have you here. Um, and it's exciting. It'll be fun to talk with you in like six months and say, all right, Grace, what are you learning? What do you think? Um, uh, and what do we want to celebrate and, and uh, affirm? Because... I just feel like it gives me hope. I'm 61 years old, and I'm really delighted, and that's really small, I'm just saying. That's a young age. But I'm really delighted that someone who's 23, Oliver, you're... 26, almost. 26, almost 27. Birthday coming up. Birthday coming up. Oh, that's good. I'm not excited at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you don't know what we have planned. <laughs> yeah, the squirrel. Yes. Yeah, a haunted porcelain squirrel. That will be mine. I think porcelain <laughs> might be dignifying it. I think it's flat-out concrete. <laughs> yes, yes. So every church needs its mascot. Ours just can't run away. That's the thing. <laughs> but the squirrel is is a meaningful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good icon. But, it, you know, to have younger people who are excited to uh, help shape this, uh, gives me tons of hope and plus it's really fun and I learn many things which I also really appreciate because if you're not learning why that's what I would say but anyway can I just build on that I wish you would if you're learning you could also just do something with that information it doesn't have to sit on the shelf like an unread book so what would you do well, I don't have the answers to that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm perfectly willing to struggle through the discussion. Yes. Well, and that's the fun thing, too. We get to unwrap all kinds of things, mm-hmm. uh, questions. And, um, you know, as Grace was saying, we do uh, turn and deal with challenging issues. And um, I have not figured out how to be a preacher without doing that. I just can't do it. Um, and I know sometimes it gets tiresome, uh, but how do you how do you live in community and not acknowledge the struggles around you? So I'm grateful uh, again to be in a place where we get to do that together and feel like we're part of something bigger than our own our own stick in the muddiness or whatever it is that we're afraid of. I think we need that. We need to feel bigger than ourselves, because these problems are a lot bigger than ourselves. These Mm -hmm. things we're facing, even the things we face alone, the anxieties and fears that we face alone, Mm -hmm. the things we're facing as a city, as a state, 
an mm -hmm. annual conference, a global community, that's a lot bigger than us. Yeah. So we start where we can and where yeah. we are. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, I'm delighted and delighted with both of you uh, as my teachers. And uh, this church is so, so fortunate. Uh, and it's really going to be fun to see, see what happens next. Who knows? Got nothing but time and energy. Yeah. <laughs> and way too much creativity. <laughs> we could be dangerous. It's wonderful. Throw some coffee in that mix and oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Happiness. This is a congregation fueled by coffee. Mm-hmm. Good coffee though. Yeah, I think that's part of what hooked me too. Really? Yes. We were not <laughs> We were not content with brown water. <laughs> yeah, my first Sunday here, I remember Sunday morning coffee and it was like, what is this? <laughs> yes, and the communion bread used to be um like pita, which is has its place and it's probably more scripturally accurate, but mm, nothing better than great harvest bread. Kneaded by hand, yum, honey whole wheat. It just soaks in that grape juice. So you might as well have a delicious meal in the way of Jesus. That's what I think. Yeah, but good food and good coffee, that wakes up your senses to Jesus. Mm -hmm. You can see the power of nature right there. Mm -hmm. Taste it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And music. There we are again, back to the band. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You guys gotta and, come see this band. Yeah. Oh. Well, and the other thing is, uh, so just a shameless plug, um, we're we're really fortunate to have three distinct worship services here. So at eight o'clock, we have a chapel worship service, which is a like a church within a church. We have a small group of people who gather in the chapel. We have a wonderful organist who leads uh, singing downstairs. At nine o'clock, up in what I call the big house in the sanctuary. We have the most uh, remarkable pipe organ, like people would come for miles to hear this pipe organ, and they do, and a stained glass window that uh, uh, is breathtaking. So our space and our musical witness are beautiful in the sanctuary. Uh, and then uh, at 11 o'clock, we have a room that we call the ECC, which is an education conference center. Um, I don't know. We could rename that space, don't you think? I'd be okay with that. Anyway, it's not very beguiling, um, but it's like a little theater, basically. It's like a like a college classroom, uh, as far as the way it's laid out. And uh, the band is uh, on the floor, and then the congregation is ranked up above it. Um, and uh, that's wonderful, eclectic bunch or a mix of music. Um, probably the best band I'll ever get to work with ever, um, but don't tell my other bands that in other churches, um, but a fabulous uh, group of musicians. And we do every kind of music there is. Uh, so what a delicious mix. And so back to the connecting thing, we hope that uh, it'll scratch a worship itch for pretty near everybody. We hope. Yeah. I feel like it's been proven. Just show up. I promise you'll have fun sometime <laughs> yeah. in those four hours. It's, mm -hmm. it's going to be good at some point. It's going to mm -hmm. get you right where you need to be hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note, 
thank you so much for listening to the Arise podcast. Um, as has been noted, swing on by. We've got tons of stuff going on all the time. If you want to know more about any of our activities, uh, I'm in the office about six days a week, so you can give us a call at 507-289-4019 any old time, and I promise we'll get back to you. Um, or go on our website at www.cumethodist.com. Um, we've got events, we've got groups, we've got worship, uh, we've got free meals for everybody. Um, we've got volunteer opportunities and, and mission trips and parties and kids events and, 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 and it never stops around here. So join the fun. Uh, there's, there's nothing stopping you. Um, and we're right downtown, 405th Avenue Southwest, and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the right address, isn't it? Um, <laughs> if you can get through the, uh, the traffic, uh, not the traffic, the road construction, we'll have a road going past the church that's accessible at some point in the near future, we trust. As for uh, upcoming events, uh, the, the camp out has been talked about. Um, that's on website on our website. Um, oh, we're building sandboxes this Saturday, and that'll be a good thing too. That's for our child care and family resource center called Thrive on the first floor of the building. Uh, so you can come at nine o'clock on Saturday. I'm pretty sure that's yes. the correct time. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't really know what you're doing, the guy coordinating this, John Flanders, is very patient. Um, <laughs> I'm sure to, I'm quick to assure you. And uh, we'd love to put you to work to help with that as well. It's all going on. It's all going on. Well, this has been Arise. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. The Arise Podcast is a Christ UMC production. If you or someone you know wants to be on our podcast or has ideas for what we should talk about, feel free to send me an email at oliver at cumethodist.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Peace.